0: The French Revolution, a History by Thomas Carlyle, Volume One. Book Five, The Third Estate. Chapter Four, To Arms. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Peter Dan. Book Five, Chapter Four, To Arms. So hangs it, dubious, fateful, in the sultry days of July. It is the passionate printed advice of Monsieur Marat to abstain, of all things, from violence. Nevertheless, the hungry poor are already burning town barriers where tribute on eatables is levied, getting clamorous for food. The 12th July morning is Sunday. The streets are all placarded with an enormous size de roi inviting peaceable citizens to remain within doors, to feel no alarm, to gather in no crowd. Why so? What mean these placards of enormous size? Above all, what means this clatter of military, dragoons, hussars, rattling in from all points of the compass towards the Place Louis Cannes, with a staid gravity of face, though saluted with mere nicknames, hootings and even missiles? Pessonval is with them. Swiss guards of his are already in the Champs-Élysées, with four pieces of artillery. Have the destroyers descended on us, then? from the bridge of Sèvres to utmost Vincennes, from Saint-Denis to the Champ de Mars, we are begirt. Alarm of the vague unknown is in every heart. The Palais Royal has become a place of awestruck interjections, silent shakings of the head. One can fancy with what dolorous sound the noontide cannon, which the sun fires at the crossing of his meridian, went off there, bodeful like an inarticulate voice of doom. Are these troops verily come out against brigands? Where are the brigands? What mystery is in the wind? Hark! A human voice reporting articulately the Job's news. Necker, People's Minister, Saviour of France, is dismissed. Impossible. Incredible. Treasonous to the public peace. Such a voice ought to be choked in the waterworks, had not the newsbringer quickly fled. Nevertheless, friends, make of it what you will. The news is true. Necker is gone. Necker hies northward incessantly in obedient secrecy since yesternight. We have a new ministry. Broglie, the war-god, aristocrat Breteuil, Foulon, who said the people might eat grass. Rumour, therefore, shall arise in the Palais-Royal and in broad France. Paleness sits on every face, confused tremor and frumescence. Waxing into thunder-peals of fury stirred on by fear. But see Camille de Moulin from the Café de Foix, Rushing out, Sibylline in face, his hair streaming, In each hand a pistol. He springs to the table, the police satellites are eyeing him. Alive they shall not take him, nor they alive, him alive. This time he speaks without stammering. Friends, shall we die like hunted hares, like sheep hounded into their pinfold, bleating for mercy, where is no mercy, but only a wetted knife? The hour is come, the supreme hour of Frenchman and man, when oppressors are to try conclusions with oppressed, and the word is swift death or deliverance for ever. Let such hour be well come. Us, meseems, one cry only befits. To arms. Let universal Paris, universal France, as with the throat of the whirlwind, sound only to arms! To arms, yell responsive the innumerable voices, like one great voice, as of a demon yelling from the air, for all faces wax fire-eyed, all hearts burn up into madness. In such or fitter words does Camille evoke the elemental powers in this great moment. Friends, continues Camilla, some rallying sign, cockades, green ones, the colour of hope. As with the flight of locusts, these green tree leaves, green ribbons from the neighbouring shops, all green things are snatched and made cockades of. Camilla descends from his table, stifled with embraces, wetted with tears, has a bit of green ribbon handed him, sticks it in his hat and now to curtius's image shop there to the boulevards to the four winds and rest not till france be on fire france so long shaken and wind parched is probably at the right inflammable point as for poor curtius who one grieves to think might be but imperfectly paid he cannot make two words about his images the wax-bust of Necker, the wax-bust of Dorleon, helpers of France, these covered with crape, as in funeral procession, or after the manner of suppliants appealing to heaven, to earth, and Tartarus itself, a mixed multitude bears off, for a sign, as indeed man, with his singular imaginative faculties, can do little or nothing without signs. Thus Turks look to their prophet's banner, also osier mannequins have been burnt, and Necker's portrait has erewhile figured aloft on its perch. In this manner march they, a mixed continually increasing multitude, armed with axes, staves, and miscellanea, grim many-sounding through the streets. Be all theatres shut. Let all dancing on planked floor or on the natural greensword cease. Instead of a Christian Sabbath and feast of ganguet tabernacles, it shall be a sorcerer's Sabbath and Paris-gone-raber dance with the fiend for piper. However, Bessonval with horse and foot, is in the Place Louis-Cairns. Mortals promenading homewards in the fall of the day, saunter by from Chaillot or Parsi, with flirtation and a little thin wine, with sadder step than usual. Will the bust procession pass that way? Behold it! Behold also Prince Lambesque, dash forth on it with his royal allemands. Shots fall and sabre-strokes, busts are hewn asunder, and also, also heads of men a sabred procession has nothing for it but to explode along what streets alleys tuileries avenues it finds and disappear one unarmed man lies hewed down a garde francaise by his uniform bear him or bear even the report of him dead and gory to his barracks where he has comrades still alive but why not now victoria's lambesque charge through that tuileries garden itself where the fugitives are vanishing not show the sunday promenaders too how steel glitters besprent with blood that it be told of and men's ears tingle tingle alas they did but the wrong way victorious lambesque in this his second or tuileries charge succeeds but in overturning call it not slashing for he struck with the flat of his sword one man a poor old schoolmaster most pacifically tottering there and is driven out by barricade of chairs by flights of bottles and glasses by execrations in bass voice and treble most delicate is the mob queller's vocation wherein too much may be as bad as not enough for each of these bass voices and more each treble voice born to all points of the city rings now nothing but distracted indignation will ring all another the cry to arms roars tenfold steeples with their metal storm voice boom out as the sun sinks Armourers' shops are broken open plundered and the streets are a living foam sea chafed by all the winds Such issue came of Lambeck's charge on the Tuileries' garden, no striking of salutary terror into shio promenaders, a striking into broad wakefulness of frenzy and the three furies which otherwise were not asleep. For they lie always, those subterranean humanities, fabulous and yet so true, in the dullest existence of man, and can dance, brandishing their dusky torches, shaking their serpent's hair. Lambusque with Royal Allemande may ride to his barracks with curses for his marching music, then ride back again like one troubled in mind. Vengeful guard-francais, sacring with knit brows, start out on him, with their barracks in the Chaussee d'Antin, pouring a volley into him, killing and wounding, which he must not answer but ride on. Council dwells not under the plumed hat. If the humanities awaken and Bollier has given no orders, what can a Bessonval do? when the garde francaise with palais royal volunteers roll down greedy of more vengeance to the place louis cannes itself they find neither besenval lambesque royal allemande nor any soldier now there gone is military order on the far eastern boulevard of st antoine the chasseurs Normandie arrive dusty thirsty after a hard day's ride but can find no billet master see no course in this city of confusions cannot get to besenval cannot so much as discover where he is normandy must even bivouac there in its dust and thirst unless some patriot will treat it to a cup of liquor with advices Raging multitudes surround the Hotel de Ville, crying, Arms! Orders! The six and twenty town councillors, with their long gowns, have ducked under into the raging chaos, shall never emerge more. Bessonval is painfully wriggling himself out to the Champ de Mars. He must sit there in the cruelest uncertainty. Courier after courier may dash off for Versailles, but will bring back no answer, can hardly bring himself back for the roads are all blocked with batteries and pickets, with floods of carriages arrested for examination. Such was Broglie's one sole order. The Oye de Boeuf, hearing in the distance such mad din, which sounded almost like invasion, will before all things keep its own head whole. A new ministry with, as it were, but one foot in the stirrup cannot take leaps. Mad Paris is abandoned altogether to itself. What a Paris when the darkness fell a European metropolitan city hurled suddenly forth from its old combinations and arrangements to crash simultaneously together, seeking new. Use and want will now no longer direct any man. Each man with what of originality he has must begin thinking or following those that think. 700,000 individuals on the sudden find all their old paths, old ways of acting and deciding vanish from under their feet. And so there go they, with clangour and terror, they know not as yet whether running, swimming or flying, headlong into the new era. With clangour and terror, from above Broglie, the war-god impends, preternatural with his red-hot cannonballs, and from below a preternatural brigand world menaces with dirk and firebrand, madness rules the hour happily, in place of the submerged twenty-six, the electoral club is gathering, has declared itself a provisional municipality. On the morrow it will get Provost Flessel, with an escheven or two, to give help in many things. For the present it decrees one most essential thing, that forthwith a Parisian militia shall be enrolled. Depart, ye heads of districts, to labour in this great work, while we here in permanent committee sit alert. Let fensible men, each party in its own range of streets, keep watch and ward all night. Let Paris court a little fever sleep, confused by such fever dreams of violent motions at the Palais Royal, or from time to time start awake and look out, palpitating in its nightcap at the clash of discordant, mutually unintelligible patrols, on the gleam of distant barriers, going up all too ruddy towards the vault of night. End of book five. Chapter 4